I'm Paul Soglin, and with me today is Deputy Mayor Gloria Reyes, who, as you all recall, uh, was a member of the Medicine Police Department, uh, detective at the time she joined our staff up here, and uh, is intimately familiar with the operation of the educational resource officers in the Madison Police Department. We have worked closely with the Madison School District on school safety issues for a number of years. And uh, this week, we've had quite a number of pronouncements from people about addressing this issue in the wake of another tragic school shooting. And I would like to just recommend that everybody involved pay attention to those in law enforcement. I've provided you with a copy of the Chiefs of Police Association communication to the legislature and to the governor. And I want to highlight some of these and put it in the context of our experiences here in Madison. I want to put it in that context because we are the ones who are on the ground dealing with these challenges every day. Now, before I get into the context of the Chiefs of Police Association recommendations. I want to start out with two items. One has to deal with mental health, and one has to deal with funding, funding particularly of education. On the question of mental health, there are those of us who have been addressing this issue for a long, long time. We have to deal with it. We see it every single day. It's, we see it in the context of mental health challenges, which sometimes are compounded by substance abuse, or we see it in terms of the consequence of substance abuse. I've estimated that of the city's police and fire department budgets, we presently spend one-third, one-third of those public safety budgets on issues related to mental health and related to substance abuse. And I want to give you some examples. Because, for example, when uh, the ambulance goes by, people may think it's going to a tragic auto accident or perhaps somebody who's having a coronary event. But it's more likely that it's going to deal with somebody who's had a drug overdose, someone who has injured themselves, uh, either in attempting to commit suicide or uh, by, by accident. Uh, we've had more than one fire that was started by people who were intoxicated. Our police officers, when they respond to the neighborhood where we have a domestic uh, disturbance, violence within the family, quite often there are underlying mental health cases. And in too many of these instances, it involves juveniles. I make this point because we are now seeing some people getting on the bandwagon for mental health, and mental health has to be addressed. But it is not a substitute for dealing with the availability of firearms that are killing too many of our children, whether it's in a mass shooting activity or it's what we see every day where 
young adults are shot down in our cities throughout this country. In terms of funding, I find it interesting that while Wisconsin schools are woefully lacking in regards to public support for the cost of education, we are not getting support from the state government in releasing the expenditure restraints and the ability to raise revenues to pay for education, but we can find the resources to deal with school security. Well, it seems to me that the local school boards ought to be making the decisions as to how to spend the money. They know what's best for their school district, whether it's the content of what happens in a math class, the contents of what happens in the gymnasium, or it's a question of school security. With that, that as a backdrop, I want to now go to some of the issues that have been raised by the Chiefs of Police Association. I want you to notice that they call for sufficient funding for school resource officers who are fully trained law enforcement officers, not merely armed security guards. The officers in question have got to be professional law enforcement. But there's more to it than that. There also has to be an understanding between the local school district, its school board, and the local law enforcement agency as to how they're going to handle cases involving disturbances. And I point to our own experience here in Madison, where for quite a while the school district made a decision through the Board of Education to have a zero-tolerance policy when it came to anything related to violence, no matter how severe or how minimal it was. That, in turn, led to an extraordinary number of incre an increase, a significant increase in juvenile arrests. Now, since the board has changed that policy, we've seen the arrests of juveniles decline as it is, in fact, left to the officer to, to make the decision, not without counting the school officials, but at least we're at a point now where every instance is taken and examined on its own rather than an automatic charge. These are the kinds of policies and thoughtfulness that these are the kind of policies and thought that needs to go in to what we're going to do if we're going to put more educational resource officers in our schools. I want to also note that the Chiefs Association has come out firmly in favor of improving some of the regulations involving access to firearms. I refer specifically to the requirement of universal background checks for all gun purchases and lastly, the reinstatement of the 48-hour waiting period for gun purchases that was repealed in 2015. And we need to extend the 72 hours uh, or three days, just like Florida law, law was amended last week. <coughs> Excuse me. There are many more uh, requirements that, that ought to be imposed here. 
Uh, there's, there's no question about that. There ought to be uh, an automatic uh, decision that anyone who clearly is on the do not fly list does not have access to firearms. If we don't trust them in an airplane, I don't think we can trust them with, with a firearm. So I want to ask uh, the governor and the legislature to take into consideration the recommendations of our police chiefs and to take in consideration that they're going to have to do more than simply place armed guards in our public schools. Most of us are old enough to remember going to school ourselves in complete safety and without a concern, whether it was for ourselves or later on for our children, where shootings in public schools was, was not a mass epidemic. To suddenly trot out mental health, which badly needs attention, but to use that as a replacement for sound gun control legislation is not fair to our kids. There's too many people out there who are more interested in protecting their guns than they are our students. So I think questions, Gloria, and I'd be glad to, to answer them. Did I cover everything? Well, I mean, do you think the city should be, I don't know, doing something more, something else, um, you know, with the school There's district? Very, we're, we're working very closely with the school district. And I'm very happy with the relationship we have with the Madison School District. Um, I think we still have to determine exactly um, the, the, the uh, long-term decisions in terms of our educational resource officers. Uh, that has not yet been solidified by the school board. But I think our present policies are much better than they were five or, or eight years ago. I don't think there's any, any question about that. Gloria's been working with them. Is there anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, for the past several years, years, we've been really focusing on restorative justice practices in our schools. And I think uh, that uh, came from an officer who was actually working out of La Follette High School. So those types of innovative strategies are happening within our school district. Um, actually, and uh, with the National League of Cities within the, um, the city, we are... Uh, leading a reducing jail use among our young adults initiative. Uh, and it's a, a funding um, uh, technical assistance grant that is providing uh, the opportunity to provide diversion opportunities for our young adults before uh, we, uh, we send them to uh, jail or a citation or a criminal charge. Uh, so there are a lot of great innovative strategies that are happening now, um, but EROs are a critical component of uh, keeping our school safe. I'm so sorry, is that initiative, um, just to clarify, is that initiative then more closely with the school it's, or when you talk it's about It's with the adults? city. The National League of Cities okay. um, Reducing Jail Use is a city initiative and we'll be working with the school district. Gotcha. Restorative justice is within our schools. Mm -hmm. Representative um, Pope, I always want to say Pope Roberts, but yesterday was talking about some proposals in the legislature that she wants to get forward that don't involve any hardware. 
to avoid any Second Amendment issues on ways to keep schools safer. And just looking at it purely from a safety standpoint, away from the whole gun issue. I think that's a way to kind of get a dialogue going that let's 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 there's there's two parts to this discussion. There's the kids and some of their frustrations, some of their behavioral health issues. And those are the ones that we encounter on a regular basis. Uh, 99% of those kids see those issues resolved as they mature. We're trying to make sure that those kids uh, have alternatives to, to incarceration. Um, some of those kids do some very high risky things in their in their teens, uh, which include uh, carrying guns. These are kids who I'm more concerned about uh, ending up in prison or in terms of shooting somebody else uh, in a dispute that, that's focused on a specific individual. And we've got to have strategies to deal with those kids. And part of that includes behavioral health. Part of it means getting the damn guns uh, off the streets and out of their hands. Now, when there's a really troubled individual, which can be a student, a former student, or an adult, because this isn't just about schools, it's about rock concerts, it's about any public gathering place. There is too much firepower that is unnecessary in the hands of legitimate gun owners. I want to make a point that was reinforced to me years ago. If you want a weapon for self-defense, you don't want a handgun. You don't want an AK-47. You want a shotgun. For someone who's not a trained professional, a shotgun is the best weapon for self-defense. But we've got to address the gun issue. We've got to address the proliferation of guns in this city and in this state, which every time the law is amended to become more lenient, the situation worsens. We saw it, and we've discussed this before, we saw it when conceal and carry was, was approved, where, where large number of people seeing conceal and carry took that as a signal that law enforcement and the government didn't carry care if they were to carry. These are people who are not legitimately permitted to, to carry a weapon. But they see it as another eroding of moral standards in, in this state in regards to uh, under what circumstances people can, can carry and conceal a weapon. What are your thoughts on Governor Walker taking up the special session in regards to school safety and some of the points he addressed in his plan? I would say to the governor, you got the, uh, the communication from the police chiefs on Tuesday 
why didn't you look at it? Why don't you use that as a starting point for this discussion? And I would obviously go further than the police chiefs. But, but virtually nothing of what they recommend is, is, is in the governor's proposal. And again, we got all this Johnny-come-lately thing out of state government about mental health. These are the folks who are undermining mental health and behavioral health funding just six months ago. Just six months ago when, when the Affordable Care Act uh, was, was almost undone by, by the Congress. Uh, and we also saw it when uh, the state has refused all that federal money and participation in the marketplace, which is going to hurt the delivery of mental health services. So I, I, I really think a lot of this uh, is just a, a sham and an excuse to deal with the real issue, which is the hardware, the metal. The bullets that pierce armor, those bullets should not be in civilian hands. The bullets that tumble and are designed to create large holes in the human body in the battlefield should not be in civilian hands.